0: In this week's episode, we settle down in a dark and weary nook at the Dirty Houdini, where we discuss where the wine tasting is a load of old cobblers, look at the inner workings of the book nook puzzle, and chat with Step Lockyer about his puzzle bucket list. So, here we are sitting in the Dirty Houdini, where the cloakroom is full of unclaimed straitjackets, taking a quick break after our escape from the locked room of Renard Fuscus to have a drink and a chat about the room what we just did. Uh, but first, it's my round. So what's everybody drinking? Well, Jamie, uh, I'll have a Cape
1: Verdean grog with a side of Batlaba.
0: <laughs> and a really, really clash cultures. Wow, that's amazing. Like, I was expecting um, you to put it in the drink like, like a, that like, would like be a cherry incredible. Or, a, or an umbrella. And it's tempting. <laughs> I
2: feel though the paste, the world's stickiest dessert,
1: isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the grog—I mean, I had the grog last time, and I've still got. I have an entire bottle of this.
0: Stuff. <laughs> does, does it does it get better with age? I say age. I mean, it's been oh. a week or so, but
1: I quite like it. It's um, it's like it's like slightly sweetened bad whiskey.
2: Okay. <laughs> um, Bring it into soul. Us, my...
1: And if we had a Cape Verdean listener, we don't have them anymore. <laughs> now I've said
0: that. <laughs> I'll check the stats later. And the Battle of her is the Battle of is. Oh, amazing. oh it's gone. amazing. Right, John's tapped oh out, out for the rest God. of the episode. Now he's scoffed the entire back of oh,
2: Chewing back with his teeth mm. stuck together. Yeah, his amazing.
0: jaw is now completely fused together. <laughs> 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 all, all for the previous next week will just be clips of you just making those noises. <laughs> Previously on the Infinite Escape Room. <laughs> <laughs> every stop it, stop it, now. Every single listener's like, what the fuck is <laughs> going on? <laughs> Yeah, I think John's tapped out, Laura.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on the apple juice this evening.
0: That's very sensible.
2: Nice cold apple juice, yeah.
0: Is, is this is this because you are trying to be sensible or is it because uh, Mike left you at the altar, as it were, when it came to recording this episode? Because I, I didn't say at the top of the show because Mike was meant to be here at this recording but pulled out uh, 90 minutes before we we hit go live because he had had better things to do, apparently. But thankfully, <laughs> Laura graciously stepped in uh, into the breach and supported us. So, thank you, Laura.
2: No problem. I'm on the apple juice because it's what was in the fridge?
0: Nice. <laughs> so, not not only did he did he ditch the podcast and left you picking up the pieces. He also didn't even <laughs> think to restock the fridge with something he delicious. Did me so tea. selfish.
2: Okay, so selfish.
0: Well,
1: he also let's be fair. He it's not that he he ditched her at the preferred altar here. It would be like ditching someone at the altar, but slightly breaking the altar before you did it. <laughs> And then leaving.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm going through an experimental phase um, where it, uh, I play a game with little. See how cheap the wine can be, and mm. if it's still palatable or not. Ouch! <laughs> so I'm drinking a five forty nine um, allegedly from Spain, allegedly 2019, allegedly wine. Um, it's not. It's not bad. But it's one of those ones that that um, gives you... It's It's got the flavour of apricots and hangover, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the second bottle of wine where well, you've had the nice one and now you'll drink anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yes, it's the second one for the guests.
1: <laughs> when I was like 17 to 18 a bit, I had a girlfriend. Um, I had other girlfriends at Paris. <laughs> um, not just one, ever. She's, a, she's uh, from Canada,
0: um, guys. You wouldn't have seen We that.
1: I... I she used to li- sort of live some of the time with her, her granddad in, and I'd go over there in Canada okay. and he was uh, yeah, yeah. It was a hell of a trip um, in Wales, actually, but there we are in a place called genuinely called happy Valley. Oh, wow. Um, where there is was no phone signal, which might be why happy. that's true. <laughs> uh, anywho, he, um, Bob Lake, God rest his soul. Nice guy. Loved his whiskey and he had two bottles of whiskey on the go at any given time, and one was the good whiskey, and he would have one tart of the good whiskey at the start of the evening, and then he'd switch to and I'm not kidding Tesco's own brand oh, value. Wow. You know the one that used to have like the the white and blue mm. striped label is. that stuff. Because he he said, and he said this with the conviction of a value seeker. After you've had the first one, you can't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is wise pills of wisdom, but I mean yeah. Tesco value whiskey. Just like, I'm not a whiskey drinker, but even I know that sounds abhorrent. Like soft Even yeah. yeah. If you drink it, you're not a whiskey drinker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when the when the label looks like a health warning, just blue and yellow bars. Yeah. Just step away. Stay clear. Stay clear. Yeah. I mean does 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 the does the wine you've got step? Does it taste like it costs five forty nine? No. Do you know what? It's all right. It's okay.
2: Uh, I had a thirty pound bottle of wine on Saturday. And it's not discernibly different to that, so this is it i, I mean, I mean they, the, the research has shown that if you don't know how much if you're if you're told it's an expensive bottle of wine, you feel you feel like it tastes mm. expensive. Mm. I did a wine tasting course once, and it was brilliant um, but so much, so much of it is down to ambience, the food that you're having with it um the, t- the temperature, your temperature like there's so many factors it's really hard to have a consistent good wine anyway. So, yeah, it's fine. It's palatable. I'm always interested
1: each year, much like the sort of Christmas mince pie tests where different newspapers like send a, a clearly very bored journalist around to try all the mince pies yeah. and judge them. But they do one with, with the champagnes, or the sparkling yeah. mm. wines. And it always, it's always fascinating because there's always a budget hero that beats the blind testers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. These, you know, like sommeliers, professional people who... Put the blindfold on and every now and again one of the budget ones gets through, like Lidl's fifteen quid one
0: gets through. And <laughs> always impressed by that. Yeah, I saw I saw he was on he's on TikTok because I'm cool and youthful and all that kind of jazz. Uh mm-hmm. a clip off from a, one of the BBC radio shows and they had a, a, a water sommelier on and they had him test five different <laughs> kinds of water. Sorry, what? It, yeah. what what
2: what it's a thing. It's a a thing water
0: now. a water sommelier. That's um, ridiculous. They gave him five different kinds of water and they were from different regions, et cetera. And he had to taste them all and he had to match the, the unmarked glass to, to the bottle. And he was like, oh, that's definitely the one from another fucking piquant region or whatever it was. And, and did he? Well, it turns out that all five were tap water from the kitchen. <laughs> uh, amazing, and amazing. to see his face just be like, my life is a lie. Yeah. He tra- tried his best to, to recover, but he just... No, the damage is done at that point, because water is that water, water. yeah. Unless it comes from the Welsh
2: valleys oh, and mountains. Oh, here, oh, here we go. go. Brewed
0: for go. millennia in the mountains of Snowdon.
2: <laughs> well, of course, if you go near the coast, um, down to the Tories, water is smellier, isn't it? So... Yay. Yes. Hey. <laughs> Thank
1: you and good night. <laughs> Everyone, Step, step's just, step has leapt through his own conservative window which is an expensive stunt at the best of times and is gone. I'm
0: out of here. We started strong with the dad jokes I think this is going to be the tone for the rest of the thing and I'm I'm here for it I'm all for Uh, it Uh, and hi I'm Jamie and I'm drinking a classic for the podcast a hobgoblin gold can't go wrong also purchased from Aldi and yeah I know I I say this often enough but I am drawn 90% to the fact that it's called hobgoblin but it does taste really nice as well and I don't want to Bother myself trying other beers if I know this one's nice enough. I wonder if that's if that if that's middle
1: age, that moment mm-hmm. where you you see all the beers or whatever it is, or your wine or whatever it is, and you just see the one that's familiar. And go, oh. yeah.
2: I've
0: become the embodiment of I know what I like.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, but I th- I'm, I'm all for this. Like I've realised as I'm get, getting older that it's not that old people are fussy. It's just that they've tried everything. They can't be bothered to try. Any- they found the thing that they like. Screw it. Just stick with it. And, and I and I feel I get I feel like I'm getting that. I'm still got an interest in things. But at the end of the day, I don't want to try another fancy cheese. I know exactly what cheeses I like. I'm, I'm happy to stick with my cheeses. And also,
1: and I think this is especially the case with wine, the yeah, the differences are there, but it's not like there's a sort of golden wine out there waiting for you to find it that's the perfect wine. They're just they're all a bit different. Yes. Yeah, and once you've found one or two that you know, like, oh yeah, I like the taste of that, you could just keep buying those. Yeah, there's
2: a price range as well. Now stick in this price range and that'll do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's gonna be interesting now though is that you've got all the all the people that were sort of kids in the 90s when all the rave scene and stuff was about who've now hit middle age, going can't be asked with this fentanyl bollocks just give you good old-fashioned ketamine i know exactly what i like <laughs> i've had it since i was a wee-in i know what it does <laughs> i'm fine
1: so on my my last theater job which was understudying on a west end show which is a mixed blessing at the best of times but it was interesting uh we were discussing drugs in the dressing room at one point And it turned out everyone in the dressing room except me had done a fair bit of Coke. (laughs) And I've never partaken. And my immediate reaction, because I like trying new things, was, oh, huh, so you've ordered this and I haven't. I should try that. (laughs) And they looked at each other, then looked at me, and one of them said, no, you
2: shouldn't.
1: (laughs) 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 We'll... We'll start you off on ket, John, <laughs> and uh, don't worry, we'll all be very good. You'll have a nice time, but no cocaine for you. <laughs> and they have not explained themselves.
0: Yeah, is that like looking out for you, or is it like uh, genuinely concerned I think about it's looking about, out for them? Yeah, what you might become. <laughs> mm. I did get quite excited. Monster. <laughs> Coke
1: monster. Coke the, monster. The Muppet that never was.
0: Cokey. cokie, cokie. Coke monster. <laughs> Oh, Jim Henson. Where, what are you doing? You're wasting this opportunity. Coke, 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 it's perfect, because then you've got Ketamine the Frog. <laughs> they all sound like they're taking various drugs anyway, so this is perfect. Disney, I am waiting for your call. Um, <laughs> Ketamine the Frog. I'm
2: just a horse tranquilizer. I suppose I it could be a comedy horse.
0: Oh, I don't know why that really killed me. (laughs) I'm going to spend the rest of the night now coming up with Muppet-based drug puns. (laughs) This is me now until three in the morning. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, A little bit of a spoiler warning uh, for the next section. If you've not listened to the previous episode, stop now, immediately. What do you think you're doing? Go listen to that episode. Um, Or not. You Mm -hmm. live your life. I can't tell you what to do. Uh, Because we will be going in depth about how we solve the puzzle. And I suppose also, spoiler warning... Uh, that I'll put retroactively in the previous episode because I'm guessing, Steph, that this episode spoils how to solve your book nook.
2: It, it does indeed, and and I'm uh, I appreciate that if you're going to listen to this, then you are going to know exactly how to play this one. But I like I like the fact that this there are three sets in the series, and this is the one that I feel you would make for someone else to play because a lot mm. of the functions. For example, there's a, there's a hidden section under the floorboards. You have to build that, so you're never going to ah, yeah. discover that. Um, yes. You have to hide a magnetic paddle in a hollow CCDV camera. You have to build the boards. There's lots of things that you have to hide that you then wouldn't be able to discover. Whereas the other two, the puzzles are built in and, and hidden so that you can't, you can't solve the puzzles until you've built it. So, nice. if, for example, you couldn't look through, they'll come with a booklet that you cut cut out some of the sections for and all the pieces, but you have to construct it to solve the puzzles. So you can't just flick through and go, oh, "I've worked that one out, worked that one out." You have to build them. Whereas this mm-hmm. one, as you build it, you'll discover them. So I kind of feel like this is a nice one for someone else to play. You build it, and someone else plays it. I mean, you can obviously play it yourself, and it's. Uh, the mag so that all the bits that I described, like the ma- magnetic door, it all works and it's hugely exciting, like That's so, sweet. Satis- so satisfying to play with. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love it. I wonder how many of these are going to get broken by people just prodding bits of the room with the magnet <laughs> into what, If I pull on the light, if, the light starts to come yes. down. Maybe it's that smash. <laughs> if we yeah. play like is- we do, <laughs> it's just that would be such a beautiful microcosm. Of how people actually play in real
0: escape rooms. Yes, yeah, yeah. This bit's starting to give. No, (laughs) I'd like to see a version of the room in this sort of format from the other side. So we're in an actual escape room. All of a sudden, this giant fucking meaty mitt comes crashing (laughs) through the window, just starts poking
2: shit against the (laughs) wall. So this is one to twelve scale, and which I I, I blame the Americans for. And it's probably, although it's probably. Um, an empire thing but it's basically one foot is one inch um so the reverse would be someone 12 times your you know a hand 12 times its normal size coming into Christ. the room and manipulating it yeah
0: that's existential horror right there so in the last episode uh we solved the mystery of the locked room with uh renard fuscus not renee fucker as i put him in my notes initially <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 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 Poor Renee, the, the, the pseudo Darren Brown, who managed to escape from a locked room uh, with the help of some deftly placed magnets, some tracing paper, some very well described symbols, I might say. But I think we did really well. All having a wee. Well, they, yes. it wasn't. That's the way they were drawn. and I'm sorry, they all looked like they had a jet of urine coming off the bottom. Uh, steps here. Did, did we complete things in the order you expect us to? Did we do anything that was a bit not cool? I remember you said we brute-forced one section. Mm.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it was a, it was a nice play test, actually, um, because the symbols on the floor plan match up with the symbols on the tracing paper, and it's supposed to be that you see those tim You put the two symbols from each of the rooms that signal together, together, and then it gives you the correct order for the words. But actually, by looking at the words, you were fairly quickly able to work out exactly what you should do anyway. So what I need to do is... Build another gate in there so that you match up the symbols and then it reveals the words. So I'll probably do that by separating the letters and having them sparsely stacked out so that mm. you can only see the word "lever" um, when you've got the two boards together. So that those letters will match up if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, because because mm. John, you nice. you got you because you got, you clocked it from the words "lever" and "hole," didn't you? So mm. yeah, I mean, it, it helped that step then hopefully
1: reminded us that those two have what looks like a symbol but is actually a hole in mm. them and i it's always the way with these things when they're audio described because from that description i then focus like a laser on those two planks yeah yeah uh and it was clear to me quickly what what they were for
2: and again in in terms of play test i should have i should move the holes or move the holes to a different location so that it's not so obvious i those two.
1: yeah maybe actually that's not a bad idea so so that um or perhaps, I, I wonder, is there a way that all of the planks have a hole in them, but they are not in the correct place so that you have to use those two? Mm-hmm. Just so it's not, just so that you don't have two that are so clearly different from all the others. Because the word, the word, I don't know what it's even called, the word ordering puzzle, Like Laura, Laura was cracking on with it. And I, I didn't even really try that. And it's a shame because it's lovely. So... That's a really nice thought. No,
2: that's a really nice thought. Yeah, I can I can certainly yeah. put holes in holes in all of them, and hide the joining part somewhere else. Um, you were very very intrigued by the um, fluorescent light, and I and there genuinely isn't anything in that, so I could quite easily place uh, the joining pin, um, which is a paper fastener. You know the oh, paper oh, fasteners nice. from school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I could very easily place that a gap at each end and have one so that they can pull it out and then use that to, um, yeah,
0: to make. So what brought you onto the idea of creating uh, a puzzle game inside
2: a book nook? Well, during lockdown, um, I, I got this kit, and then during lockdown, I was making, I was making, I was packing flat pack i was making full deck and i needed something else to distract me um and i had this because the four kids weren't enough <laughs> well, uh, yeah yeah um, <laughs> but but you know it's like a lockdown You're, you you take up hobbies and do sorts of random things and so i had this book nut kit and i started making it and and it, you spend hours in the evenings making it cutting it out with um sharp knife and a metal ruler and whatever and i'm sitting there thinking this is this is so ripe for being something puzzly, like a miniature escape room would be amazing. Uh, and so I built, rather than measuring an existing one, I thought, well, let's let's see how I see if I can engineer it myself, and um, work out how I can build this room and build build the size. But I knew that because two thirds of two thirds of the things I sell go to America, so I want I, I reverse engineered it from a letterbox size. So I thought I, I need to fit it all into a letterbox size. So that restricted me height and width-wise and then worked out how to build the sizing. And then for the second and third ones, I thought it's really hard to put your hand in and adjust things in a book, nook, which is why these ones have got hinged walls. Oh, so nice. If oh, this clever. One, that's the CCTV, sorry, that's the CCTV sticker that they can use the yes, for. So they can actually open the door. your hand in there. So They'd have to like not look behind, um, but yes. So the hinged walls are something that I've never seen before in um, in a book nook at all. But there's obviously obviously never a need for a, for a hinged wall. But um, when you're when you're looking at things, it's really important. The one that we that
0: we we played. Um, are there any yeah. um, any sort of trivia references? Any nuggets that you you hid in there? Because um, you mentioned that it's sort of a uh, like a mentalist kind of Darren Brown vibe, anything like that? Any nods you put into? Uh,
2: well, I, I can ask you guys. I'm I'm toying with having a um, blue light effect. I'd like to have a pentagram on the floorboards, Ooh. so using mm. a blue light that that appears. Um, but I'm I'm not sure if I'm not sure if it's needed. I'm not sure if it would benefit it or not. But the pentagram obviously would sit over the hatch, just as a guiding point for them to um notice that there is actually a hidden hatch under the floorboards. But I'm not sh- I'm not sure.
1: I guess you've got you've got issues there with light direction, haven't you? Because it's under the table. Mm. Cause I was thinking immediately of the hanging yeah. light wouldn't it be so cool if that could light up as a black light yeah. and have a use. Yeah. That would be bitching. Um but the table is directly underneath yeah. it so it wouldn't shine down on the you could
2: have one under the table. The I only suppose. other thing you could mm, do yeah, that's true, is to fit the black light under the yeah. table itself. Yeah. yeah. This is kit-wise, this is the most expensive one because in terms of materials. Um, because it's got chain, um, it's got um acetate in it, the tracing paper needs to be printed, and tracing paper is so extraordinarily expensive to print. And it's got four different material types, but I think for the effect, it, it might be quite a nice little signaler. What do you yeah, think? Of it? it
0: would make a really cool moment. I suppose the pentagram mm. would be the only real uh, overt supernatural element visually yes. of it so far. So I don't think that would be too much of a shift from like magician and mentalist to mm. occult. Mm. There's definitely a point there, Jamie, in that
1: there's that there's something lovely about the fact that it is a very Spartan room, but everything is there. Mm. Nothing is hidden, not really. And I quite like that. It really made me think of that that moment when you first walk into a real life escape room. If the room is full of things, you think, "Oh, okay, there's lots to look at here. There's lots of drawers mm-hmm. to open, lots of stuff to do." But if you walk in and the room appears to be very bare, you think, "Oh, sugar, <laughs> where do I begin? Yeah, mm. which panel on this blank wall is going to open mm. to reveal something?" There's there's a sort of a slight sense of uh, not dread, but yeah, a different a different sense to that that I I like. Love
0: it. Uh, Step for people who don't know who you are, uh, could you give us a very brief introduction to what you do,
2: what Enigmail does, the kind of stuff that you've currently got out right now? Yeah, so um, I can. Uh, so I'm, I'm mainly known for Puzzle Chocolate, which is um, chocolate from a company called Kerno in Cornwall. And they make really really lovely chocolate. Um and uh, we've got I think 20 different flavors now um that oh. we sell with a little story and it's got four puzzles and someone called it like um coffee break puzzles. So they're, hmm. they're not so hard that you got to spend hours on. There's normally a very midsummerish twee story of this idyllic village where mischief is going on and then four puzzles around the edge. Um and so I have um quite a few people subscribe to that and then i do other puzzles so i my last project which i last spoke about on here was notable remains which was a giant map puzzle <laughs> i've done um, a, a a serial killer game called full deck where the games where there were puzzles hidden in uh, ephemera shopping lists and post it notes and stuff i've done one with my friend matt which was Um, flat pack hidden just like an Ikea catalogue with puzzles hidden in all sorts Um, Monge 2 is my favourite it's the least popular of my games but it's my favourite and that is always um, the way a puzzle game that's disguised as a packet of seeds and each month you get another packet of seeds which has got a little piece of paper with a fold in and it's got some really tricky puzzles in with some nice so that that used all sorts of things I've got one which used um, water and heat and there's an um, NFC tag in one, and there's, theres all sorts of little um devices in there that I was really, really pleased with. but um it's not hugely popular, but I'm re- I really like it. I really <laughs> well, I like, like it.
0: Well, I liked about the monster too, isn't it? the case it, like the puzzle it looks like a packet of seeds. like you, you yeah. wouldn't think twice about it. I think that it's I think you nailed the, the aesthetic of it to the point that when you shipped it internationally, customs got a bit nervous because they were little. <laughs> Like little little oh, yes. beads and dots in there, so they were like, "What the yes. fuck is this?" <laughs> yes, <Yeah, laughs> so all strange um,
2: symbols on it and stuff. Yeah. So did this happen? Yeah, genuinely. Yes, we've had we had um, like three or four uh, packages <laughs> seized by customs <laughs> and destroyed because they believed that I was um, sending drugs.
1: What was the? So you've covered a bit why why you enjoy doing this. What was your first puzzle that you created?
2: Uh, I did a puzzle game called Prisoner Seven. Uh, 2019 i think that was uh, a tudor inspired book um that i've retired now because um uh, i people got very angry and we had a forum for it and people got very angry about some of the puzzles um and the difficulty with doing a legacy item like that is that when you change them some people still have the old like i've got puzzle books yes. on my shelf from 4 years ago and i get really narked if the. um The forum was referencing a completely different puzzle, so um, so I retired that bad boy. Um, Yeah, that was was your first. That was the
1: first
0: puzzle that you made, and you thought I shall, I shall take this to the world. The
2: first published one. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. One thing I like is if um if you're playing a game of like only connect, and someone gives you like the words, IKEA catalog, packet of seeds, beer coasters. Oh yeah. The connection (laughs) is this is all stuff that steps decided. Let's put a puzzle in that motherfucker. Which is quite nice. Like it, do you do you set out to put puzzles into things that usually have no business having puzzles put in them? Or is that sort of...
2: no? No, but I think it's the um is it the guy who, who um the Dilbert, guy who writes mm. Dilbert. Yeah. He said um he's not a particularly good um artist, he's not a good humorist, he's not a really good uh writer, he's moderate at all of those things, but he's found that those intersect well to become Dilbert. Um, and I think that I'm not the best puzzle designer, I'm not the best creator, but I'm very good at seeing where two things could join up. Mm. I'm really good at finding mm. that then. So um, Monday to Wednesday, I'm a teacher and lots of people feel like t- teacher teaching can be quite constrictive um, and uh, rigorous and very unimaginative, whereas I think it's just amazingly creative. Like, I love it.
0: I mean if if you're if you're a teacher and you you're struggling to find low cost tracing paper for the game, you can just nick <laughs> all the toilet paper from the box. Okay. Because that's this that's is the true. same consistency. That's easy money Dam- then. Damage
2: from our childhood that maybe have
0: you got a, something on your bucket list for um something that you want to put a puzzle into that you're like waiting in the
2: wings to yes. add in? Yes. So I've got two I've got body. two projects, two future projects that I'm happy to share the first one is after the book nook is going to be a puzzle magazine cool um for children called flummox and that is nice. um that's going to pre-launch soon uh, featuring a brilliant editor that some of you will be familiar with i'm not going to mention any names Ooh. um and and the second one is like a long-term itch that i haven't able to scratch yet and that is i need some context to give you some context here is if you get all the coins from all the sterling coins so 1p 2p 5p 10 20 Mm -hmm. 50 the pound of the two pounds they've got a part of a shield on them when you Mm. put them together they make they form a shield i did not know this for years i've wanted to make a puzzle game which is which you will get a little pouch which has got a whole load of coins in different sizes, different thicknesses, maybe even one or two different colours, and you put them in different combinations to reveal certain things. Um, and and I've just... I haven't quite resolved how I'm going to do that yet because if you use different lines for different shapes, it'll be really obvious to just try and join those together. I haven't quite solved how I'm going to do that yet. Um, but that's sort of... That's the one I haven't... that I've had that idea for a few years... But I haven't worked it out yet. I haven't worked out how I can make it. I know how. I know exactly how I can make it. But I haven't worked out how I can make the puzzle. Do you think mm. that makes sense?
0: Mm. I love it. I know it's It's the kind of thing that you get. The more puzzle games that you play, the more escape games you play. At least I get it. Where you start to to seek out puzzle elements in everyday things. Like you'll yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll see some some printer error on a shopping list and go. There's a fucking puzzle in there and things mm-hmm. like that so I think you, what you're slowly doing is making the nation more paranoid that there's extra hidden depths to yes. everyday items like when when, Doc, when Doctor Who was first revived like people used to say in the, in the fan community that Stephen Marfat's goal was to make you terrified of everyday objects like statues yeah. blinking yeah. and forgetfulness I think that's what you're doing now with puzzles is to make people go that clock's a fucking puzzle and you go no it's just a clock yes. yeah, are, you sure?
2: are you sure though are
0: you sure and I, I admire that. I salute you.
2: I do like the idea that you could look around an enigmaled living room now and there'd be an Ikea catalogue, but it's actually a flat pack catalogue. And there's a <laughs> packet of seeds that need planting, but actually it's mange too. Um, and there's a book nook, but it's actually an escape. You know, there's. I, I love that. I, it's got such an ugly word, but that hidden in plain sight. I, like the whole um, Indiana Jones thing where he looks at the floor and it's that it's there. Mm. Like, I love that.
0: Yeah. That's that's my main thing is that sense of discovery and that that light bulb of, oh, fuck, that's what it is. I mean, you've got the perfect opportunity for like a guerrilla marketing campaign where you just go to an Ikea showroom with every single product that you've made and just put it into one of those rooms (laughs) and see (laughs) how
2: many people pass by and not realize. Well, I'm very, I'm very, we've got, um, I live in a... Well, they call it a village. It's a suburb in London. But we've got a really lovely little um, library and it's and it's run by volunteers. They're the sweetest people, but I'm so desperate to take one of the book nooks along and just leave it on one of the shelves and then secretly film people's reactions to it. <laughs> because I just thought, it'd be, I thought, I think it'd be funny. That'd be um, but they're so sweet that I don't want to upset them. So I might have to ask their permission first.
0: Yeah, that'd
2: mm. be fair. Just playing with
0: biscuits, that usually yes. makes people find... Yeah,
2: they do. Now, yeah, on, on Saturday mornings, they do biscuits and tea. It's so sweet. Just it's turn so up, sweet. Book Nook in hand,
0: yes. bourbon to the other. Yes. Or bourbon, depending on the time of day. <laughs> mm. So uh, the Book nook is going to be a series of three puzzle games coming to Kickstarter?
2: Yes. Yes. When When is it uh, launching? Well, interesting question, Jamie. So probably June. But the, the plan is that it'll be by one set, two sets or three sets, and you can... and and. You don't have to specify which one at that point. you can just mm-hmm. go, "I want those two or I want that one and and so there's three different ones. There's the Sherlock Holmes one, the art artist one, and then the Darren Brown one. and you can choose after the fact after the survey which one you'd like.
0: love it. Yeah. and um if we're able to, we'll put a link to the campaign the 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 notify me pre-launch uh, campaign page in the show notes if it's ready if not, we'll add it in as soon as it is where can people find you on the internet if they want to get in touch
2: everywhere Jamie you know that <laughs> um so I'm at Enigmaed on on everything <laughs> I was very lucky I I uh scouted out the name before I um I pimped for it yeah so Enigmailed. I'm most I'm mostly I would say on Twitter probably mostly on Twitter but I do I do veer towards Facebook um sometimes yeah
0: Superb. Um, and yeah, we'll put all the links to all the social channels in, in
2: the show notes as well. Thank you very much. Lovely. It's thank, you for, a... thank you for playing the game.
0: Our pleasure.
1: Yeah. I'm, also, I'm also very glad that we weren't, me personally, wasn't physically playing the game because I would definitely break it. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, this I've...
2: man snapped a Lego man in half. You, you broke a Lego man's legs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's the bell for last orders. So it's time for us to bugger off into the night. So we shall see you next time where we're escaping from another tunnel beneath some mysterious floorboards. We've done a lot of tunnels. We have done. Tunnels are Most of my, my episodes recently have been underground, which is bizarre. I'm not quite <laughs> sure why. Oh, I'm from the Welsh Valleys. That's probably what it is. Both born <laughs> and raised in a mine. I need to go back home. We love you lots, and we'll see you next time on the Infinite Escape Room. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 And we'll walk out into the night, get a kebab. Singing, embracing, swaying (laughs) as we go, sick in a bin, falling asleep in an old man's pocket. (laughs) (laughs) The metaphor kind of tailed off. (laughs) Taking a dark turn. I wasn't quite sure. We've all been there, or was it just? Are we still miniature? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're we're borrowers. Nothing warmer than an old man's pocket.